You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to Let's Talk Apple, episode 85, the show for September 2020. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and joining me, I have a fabulous panel, as always. Um, let me see. In no particular order, let's go with uh, Nick. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Bart. It's good to be back. It's always delightful to have you on. Um, joining us from a very, very long way away from Nick, who's in the UK, we have Kelly Gimart joining us from the United States of America. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Hi, Bert. It's nice to be back. It is a pleasure as always, Kelly. And uh, the last time it was years and years, but th- I'm delighted to have you back sooner. Thank you. Yes. Now, you are a TMO person, Kelly, and uh, we are joined by a... Let's talk Apple Neophyte, who's also a TMO, which is the Mac Observer. Charlotte Henry is joining us. Charlotte, welcome aboard and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me and good, good luck having Kelly and I on the same show. Very brave. Other I, I'm men just to, uh, other men where you... Yeah, I may have bitten off a little bit more than... It, maybe there's only so much cat herding one person can do. <laughs> cat herding is a great way to put it. That's exactly it, yes. As anyone who's ever listened to us on the Daily Observations podcast will attest. <laughs> so, Listen, sure. sometimes we're well behaved. That's all I can say. Well, the, the last time you were on, Kelly, you were you were superb. So, you know, you're, you, you could be very well behaved. Um, Charlotte, you, you haven't been on before. Um, so do you maybe no, just want to give the listeners a quick sort of, you know, what's your connection to the world of Apple? What's the connection to the world, my world of Apple? Well, um, I've covered tech in various... Uh, I cover tech at CityM, which is a business-based tabloid here in London, where I am. Uh, I've And I've contributed to TMO for a number of years now and then have kind of been brought on side and they basically decided they gave up trying to get rid of me. So they're stuck with me now. And um, so I, I we ride a number of stories every day over at TMO. Uh, I often cover the kind of media side of Apple, which is an increasingly important part of it. It is. And that's, to be honest, that's the reason you've really started to come to my attention, because I, I'm not good at the media stuff. Um, but you are, and you save me listen, so much work listen, by just being able to read your take on things. You listen... I like to watch TV. What can I tell you about? I can't pretend it's anything more high-minded. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, no, there's 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 a lot of stuff happening in the kind of services and media space with Apple, um, and I find that really interesting. I think it's a different. It's something all of us who are interested in Apple, whether it's you know the products we use from a computer to a phone to the well watch whatever. That's yeah. an increasingly important part of it, and so I I enjoy being able to tell that story. Excellent. But Charlotte comes at it from the perspective of a media person who is covering Apple because Charlotte has written an entire book about the media. And I feel like we shouldn't leave that out. Like you have you have a lot of experience critiquing media as a whole, which is why it's interesting to talk to you about what Apple's doing. Yeah, no, it's it's always been an interest an interest of mine. And yeah, I wrote a book on fake news that came out over a year ago now. Fake it's news. A shame. Oh, wow. Yes. That's a very it's a shame. Yes, it's a shame there's been nothing that I could update 
add yeah. to it, really. There's, you know... Yeah, I mean, nothing's happened in the world of fake no. news. Nothing. No, it's a shame. Um, there was a whole chapter about vaccines. It's oh, nothing, nothing's good. <laughs> nothing's changed since then, so it's a real shame. Oh, dear. Anyway, welcome aboard. <laughs> and Thank let you. us get stuck into the September news. Uh, before many we... newses. Many, many newses. Before we get stuck into the new stuff, just a little catch up on some long running stories we focused on in this show over the past couple of months. Uh, we have the never ending EU Apple fight that's all centered around the little Emerald Isle of Ireland. Um for those of you just catching up, Ireland have pretty generous tax laws. Apple made use of those for many, many years, starting in the 80s. The European Commission didn't like that very much. They said that Apple owed Ireland $15 billion worth of tax. Ireland went, no, they don't. And Ireland and Apple appealed the EU. Ireland and Apple won. And now the European Commission has appealed Ireland and Apple winning. So... Many more years of this to continue before we get any. Sort I of love writing about this story because at TMO, obviously, a lot of our readers are American, and trying to explain to them that there's a country that doesn't want more tax from a company. I know from a big tax company, like trying to get our, explain that is always quite good fun when when you know this inevitably flares up kind of periodically. Well, my analogy I use to to, to explain it to people is: you don't want to kill the goose that lays the golden egg. You could take the golden egg of 15 billion, but then you're going to lose all of that wonderful multinational money that flows in all the time. So it's in Ireland's interest not to take the big shiny and instead to keep all the multinationals happy. I'm so excited to sit down for your seminar on EU state aid rules, but I can't wait. <laughs> I've, I've actually had some really good listener feedback because I've been quite flippant. I've basically been against the commission on this pretty strongly. Um, saying that they're basically going around the fact that Ireland should have the right to set its own tax law. But anyway, let's that's, that's, that's relitigate that uh, whole big mess. <laughs> I suppose what you could do is uh, leave the EU. Oh, Don't! Someone else has had that idea. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Um, yes. The other never-ending story, of course, is uh, COVID. And for for a long time, this story was a game of two halves. Every month, there will be two sets of stories. One set of countries who insisted on doing their own thing and it blowing up in their face, and another set of countries going the Google-Apple route and having it go really well. Thankfully, the blowing up in the face period seems to be over, and it is entirely good news on this front. So in September... Colorado have joined up to COVID-19 Exposure Notification Express. So that's the version where you don't need to write your own app. You just basically hand Apple and Google a config file and they take it from there. Um, Pennsylvania have actually built an app, uh, but again, using Apple and Google's API. Scotland has built an app called Protect Scotland. Um, The NHS have done one for England and Wales. They have used Apple's APIs, but they've also messed up a bit. Uh, no. <laughs> to put it mildly, they managed to... Actually, Charlotte, why don't I let you take this one? Uh, because I'll burst into tears live on the show. Ah. Um, yes, we decided that we would... And again, I'm only exaggerating slightly and being flippant. We tried to build a test and trace system using an Excel spreadsheet and it went wrong. I, I actually genuinely thought I was reading something from The Onion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I tried to explain this to Kelly, when the story broke, she was like, no, but is that real? Are you sending me a BBC link or is this The Onion? 
Yeah, it's like um, I did ask that. Yeah, I, I can understand using Excel to report on data, but the concept that Excel would be the actual store of the data, like it takes effort to be that bad at building it. No, app. it's better. It's better, Bart, because it was an. The problem was it wasn't just Excel. It was an old version of Excel. Yeah. So like, the, the problem came. There was a just to really briefly, because as I say, I'll probably. It's not particularly Apple and art. I'd probably burst into tears, as I say. But um, basically, they were transferring data, some of which was from tests. I'm sure the app data is meant to feed into it and so on. Uh, it was fed into a, a kind of, was fed into all sorts of different bodies and was meant to be compiled by Public Health England. That appears to have been done in an Excel spreadsheet and then exported using the .xls format. So an old format, which has a limit on the amount of data you can store so a grand total of 16,000 tests were not included in the dashboards. So they just so fell off the bottom of the spreadsheet. Yeah, basically. It's a, it's a really good idea, isn't it, To when you've got lots and lots and lots of data. Where should we store it? Oh, maybe a database would be a good idea. It's, 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 no, Excel will do. <laughs> just just oh, shove it in Excel. Oh, dear. I, I'm really glad you're laughing, Nick. <laughs> it's making me feel better. I have to say, it's 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 not often that Ireland get to, to sort of look over at England and go, ha-ha, we're better at this than you, but we've had our app running for quite some time, and it's really good. <laughs> and the Pennsylvania app that's launched was written by the same Irish developers who wrote the Irish mm. app, as is the Northern Ireland app, as is the, I believe, the Scottish app as well. Yeah, protect Scot- yeah, Scotland. Again, we won't go too deep in the weeds on this and why Northern Ireland, Scotland and England and Wales have separate apps, but... <laughs> They do. Let's just leave it at that. And uh, the you the England and Wales one is finally up. I have it on my phone. It seems pretty nicely designed. I've had one experience of it, of using it, which was I went to the hairdresser and before I could take use the app to scan the QR code, which is basically what the app is based on, you, uh, you scan a QR code that each location has, presumably should someone in the relevant time frame... Uh, test positive that will all feed back and you will get an alert to your phone um actually as it happened as i got into the hairdresser uh they said oh would you just mind signing our form so i did Mm. that and it didn't even get out my phone so there we go um but there's also been a story which you probably picked up on bar related to this which is that the phone the app has been sending some false notifications to people which uh, and actually, this is kind of, I think they're trying to put the blame at the feet of Apple because basically it's sending te- test notifications. That are coming through as real. I couldn't make, uh, the link is in it the show notes. Re- they look real. Yeah, the link is in the show notes. It's really weird. It's a bit weird. Um, I couldn't quite get my head around why it would be happening. I I can't really comment because I, I haven't had one. Yeah. But obviously it freaked out a lot of people who suddenly got a, alert on their phone saying they had been in touch with someone in contact with someone who had tested positive for COVID-19 but apparently the way to tell if any listeners have got this and are worried the way to tell if it's real or not is when you tap the notification a a real one that requires you to self-isolate and take action will actually lead you into a further message and give you instructions and the fake one obviously won't since it's not connected to anything. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not fake. It's not malicious. It was Apple Yeah, sorry, I believe, the, 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 testing the, the system. The incorrect one. Yeah, that's very yeah, strange. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, my other home country, Belgium, has also joined the list of Apple, Google, um, app 
countries. And finally, the states of New York and New Jersey have launched apps that again use the Apple Google tech. And they have made a big point of saying that their two apps which were launched together are designed to work together, which given the geographic realities of that neck of the world is a very, very good thing. Indeed. Um, Apple Express is a new type of retail store experience designed for COVID-19. It's basically a counter with a plexiglass shield uh, behind which is an Apple person who hands you stuff you've prearranged to have collected from them. It's basically Apple Store to go, um, which is... Do they, do, they have, do they have moving escalators and things as well? So you can just, <laughs> you can just step on and then step off at the other end with your goods. That, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? In the car park, you just get on a <laughs> conveyor and then you get back to your car when you have your hands full of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd go on that just, you know, I'd have to buy something from Apple just to try it out. <laughs> it could be very expensive conveyor belts, but yes. It could. <laughs> um, another story we've been tracking for a very long time, a sort of a slow motion story, is Apple's move into the Indian market. Um, mm. I, I, they've been working hard at this for many years. Um but we seem to be finally getting some results for all that work. Um, Apple's online store has opened in India. They've signed a deal for a bunch of retail space, uh, sorry, real estate space in India. And uh, it does really seem like they're finally getting to the stage where they're starting to sell their products in a gigantic potential market. Sort of China too. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal. My understanding, having done like a bit of reading and writing about this, is that basically Apple wasn't allowed to directly sell its products in India before, and it's but now there's a couple of they seem to have come to some arrangement. And there's two store stores that are going to eventually open physical stores, and as you say, they opened the online one. It was September twenty third, I think. But they've had to build pre- factories. I mean, in order to be allowed yeah. to sell in India, they've actually had to build factories in India, which are now online right. and running. Right, mm-hmm. and but they've always been able to. You've always been able to buy Apple products in India through third party resellers, and it was kind of. I think they were kind of official. Uh, third-party resellers that Apple worked with in India, but now you're going to be able to walk into an Apple store and there is already an online Apple store. Yeah, So it's it's good to see that pay off because, like I said, they've had to do a lot to get here because they actually literally had to build factories to get to the point where they could open a shop. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to see that come to fruition because it's quite an investment. Uh, something we talked about a lot last month was the danger posed to Apple by a WeChat ban in the United States, because basically that would kill the China market for Apple, like dead. Um, <laughs> at the moment, where things stand is that a US district court judge has blocked the US government from banning WeChat. And uh, one would assume that the uh, chief executive is a little preoccupied at the moment and that He's not likely to be worrying about WeChat just now. So uh, that that might last for a while. Moving (laughs) Yeah. Moving on quickly to HR and acquisition news. Very little that I noticed this month. Um, Apple have hired a Hollywood deal maker called Tim Connolly to join Apple, which is obviously very much a media related play. And Apple have acquired Scout FM, which is an app that turns podcasts into radio stations. So the ba- so like you can take a song and say, make this a station, it is you would take a podcast episode and say, make this a station. And you just get lots of other podcast episodes from lots of different shows that are in some way similarly themed. 
It's an interesting app, but again, it's really showing that Apple are investing very heavily in original content. Which brings us on to the original content update. And as I always say, I this is not my area of expertise. So I'm going to quickly go through the facts and then we'll spin back around to the panel where we can uh, rely on the expertise of people like Charlotte to uh, get us a little bit more here. So the first thing we actually know before we before we rattle through the upcoming content, let's just take a moment to say that of the 18 Emmy nominations Apple managed to get, which was kind of impressive. They managed to win one. Uh, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show gets a primetime Emmy for Best Supporting Actor, I believe. He was so good. He was superb. His character character is brilliant. I hate Uh, his character. Yeah, that's why he's brilliant. Of course you hate him. That's what's great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it was very exciting because it turned out we learned... Uh, the day before we're recording this show, the Monday we're recording this sh- before we're recording this show, the, the season two of the morning show is back. Billy Crudup is in it. More interestingly, it looks like Steve Carell is going to be in it. Yeah, because he was only contracted for season one, but he is he's Correct. back for season two. Um, and they they are they're actually starting filming again apparently on the nineteenth of October um, for season two, which has been rewritten as we learned a few months ago. Uh, to include the pandemic in the storyline, which makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, because having lived through it, we definitely need to watch TV about it. So well, it's kind of weird to have Especially a new show. Especially while I'm still home. Yeah. Yeah, but imagine a show that's supposed to feel like it's about the modern newsroom and it didn't mention the pandemic. I, yeah, I would it's be okay with making that a fantasy show for a season to get to watch people sit next to each other again. It would be fine. I don't know. I mean, to me, what made the morning show was that they took on Me Too so directly. I kind of want to see them do that with the the pandemic. And that's what they've said is the kind of what they based it on. As you say, their response to Me Too. They basically rewrote the show after I think it was the Matt Lauer stories broke. Yeah, actually, yeah, their season one was a big rewrite as well. And now their season two, they got to have. So basically everything we've seen of the morning show has been take two. And I, but, I don't know yeah, about you, yeah. but if I'm writing something, the second one's always better than the first. <laughs> yeah. Get, now, let's take another shot at it for sure. Exactly. So stuff we learned about that's upcoming. So all of these things were announced during the month of September. So Apple TV Plus lands two new kids series, Doug Unplugs and Stillwater. Apple's High Desert will star Patricia Arquette and be directed by Ben Stiller. Apple lands The Sky is Everywhere, starring Jason Segel and Cherry Jones. Apple lands Cherry, starring Tom Holland, directed by the Russo brothers. Billie Eilish, The World's a Little Blurry, is a documentary that's coming to Apple TV+. Keegan-Michael Key, Christian Chenoweth, uh, they sign a deal with Apple for an as-yet-unnamed TV series. The Snoopy Show, yay, is coming to Apple TV Plus in February of 2021. As we've already mentioned, season two of The Morning Show is resuming filming shortly. And last, but by no means least, on October 23rd, we will get a new documentary, Bruce Springsteen, Letter to You. And the documentary will be released at the same time as his new album. So we have all of that in the pipeline for the future. Um... Anything here particularly catch anyone on the panel's uh, attention? I am I'm, desperate to know what Keegan-Michael Key and Kristen Chenoweth are going to do together. What are they up to? I know yeah. their work separately, and I'm trying to figure out how those are two great tastes that taste great together. 
So I think it's a, it's going to be like a musical, isn't it? It's a musical comedy, I think. is. I'm what, shocked. Which is what we're hearing. I don't know what it's going to be about. There's quite a bit, like some more names have come out of that. And there's a whole his, list of quite big stars that appear to be in this thing. So I don't know if Apple is kind of moving into cabaret or something. But um, well, I mean, the, they seem to be going for a very, very broad brush because mm. on the one hand, you have Snoopy. And on the other hand, yeah. you have The Morning Show. And one thing, like, <laughs> The Morning Show is the first Apple TV Plus show I watched. And when I got to the last episodes of season one, I was like, oh, my God. All of these people who were hyperventilating that Apple would, you know, make the shows all be s- soft and soppy and yeah. not gritty. Yeah. I was like, well, you're wrong. I mean, mm. you got that after about um, the first minute of very fairly heavy language in episode one well that is true um, but the 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 I, I mean i don't want to spoil no. no we can spoil yes, the end of season right. one that's that's months no, ago I but, yeah. i'm only i'm oh, not done yet okay no i won't spoil it then but basically they don't pull their punches no no it's uh like i felt punched uh, in the gut when the big 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 drama happened at the end at the last episode i was like oh jeez yeah, well, there was a couple of bit. Yeah, there was a couple of quite dramatic and upsetting moments throughout the series. And yeah, we we've discussed this quite a bit on the Daily Observation that we went from having stories about Tim Cook passing people notes that you know can't the characters be nicer to each other or something? Can we have less swearing? To um that. Yeah, and I never really yeah. believed the, the the Tim Cook passing notes thing. That always smelled of BS to me. Oh, uh, we were much more cynical, weren't we, Kelly? <laughs> Yeah, we we were we were pretty uh we were pretty cynical about it, I will say that. As I say, a lot of interesting stuff there, but uh you don't have to wait on future stuff. We also got a no. bunch of actual stuff in September. Um so Apple have released the Oprah's Book Club podcast if you'd like to read some books and hear Oprah talk about it. We have Long Way Up starring Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman and uh, a lot of Americans don't seem to realise this is a sequel to Long Way Round which is where it got its name. <laughs> it's the third one isn't it? There's two. There's Long Way it's The third? Was, yeah, Long, long way, way Round and wasn't there Long Way Up or Down or the Long Way Down as well wasn't there? They went the other way. Yeah, they did an yeah. Australia one. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I've, so, been, I've been watching that. I've been watching that. It's one of the, I don't watch much Apple TV stuff uh, plus t- stuff but I have been watching that. Um, I think it's quite interesting from someone who's on my third electric car. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's quite interesting to hear them saying, oh, batteries don't do very well in very cold climates, do they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As if it's a surprise. <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I've tried to use cameras on, you know, to photograph snow and stuff. And it is shocking yeah, it how your DSLR that will reliably take 400 shots in the summer will suddenly say... 20 shots, I'm done for the day. Toodle pip. Yeah, well, these bikes that they've got will do about 120 miles or so. But in the extreme where they, they started in the winter uh, in, in the in in south Patagonia or somewhere, yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, they were getting 70. So wow. Getting almost half. Wow, um, yeah. So, the, yeah, they were, they were really – and not only that, but they, they took two uh, Rivian – trucks um which are which are not out yet they're both they're both uh prototypes and they were having the same sort of problems so <laughs> it's not really surprising considering how cold it is down there yeah so it's, it's electric vehicles to the middle of winter i can't imagine why we're having problems yeah <laughs> yes I, I have to say it's kind of a fascinating idea that you have 
Like when I think Harley, I think, you know, noisy, petrol guzzling, two fingers to the yes. environment. Yeah, but you can't do that if you want Apple branding and money. Yeah, so it's Harley <laughs> electric bikes. It's, it's a wonderful yeah, I mean, mix. If I recall, Nick, the original couple of series they did had proper like Oh yeah, they gas guzzling. Yeah, they had, yeah, they had motorbikes. Yeah, proper motorbikes. But obviously, <laughs> yeah. Apple. The compromise with Apple was go electric. But it's also a way to make yeah. it interesting for season three, right? You just you can't keep doing the same thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. How far I think, can they go? I think it's been quite good, actually. I mean, I've, been, I've enjoyed watching it. I like them as characters. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was good. Excellent. Uh, the espionage uh, thriller Tehran has debuted on Apple TV Plus, and there's also a behind the scenes if you're if you get sucked in and you want to learn more. Mm. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, the link I have in the show notes was, was from before it was released, but it has been released because I watched it yesterday. Um, Oprah Winfrey interviews Mariah Carey on her The Oprah Conversation um, ongoing series on Apple TV Plus. It was, it was a fun interview, actually. Uh, and the nature documentary Tiny World, narrated by Ant-Man, is now available on Apple TV+. Plus, and I definitely... Charlotte's that favourite. This is my favourite. Kelly and I have become obsessed with this story. <laughs> that they were, the, and there was an interview with the exec producer, whose name escapes me, I apologise, but um, I can send you the link for the show notes, that uh, he actually admitted he basically decided to ask Paul Rudd to narrate this because his kid was watching Ant-Man. <laughs> and he was like, lol. Ant-Man should narrate the series about tiny animals. It's brilliant. Though. And, it's a wonderful game. And Charlotte put it together as we were recording the show and mentioned, like, here's a bunch of stuff that is coming, you know, imminently or has just been released on Apple TV. And we were talking about the amount of content that was there. And Charlotte goes, wait, 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 wait. They got Ant-Man to narrate the tiny animals. Yes. That's exactly it's just now my favorite thing. And it turns out that's exactly what happened. So, Yes. And if you're into nerdy photography and you want to know how they did it, there's mm. also a behind the scenes released uh, where you can see how you how it is you take amazing, super, super high def images of teeny tiny things. Because that's not but, easy but, to do. You know, no, and the camera use this is incredible. Yeah. The technology behind the show is, is amazing, to, as you, you know, one might expect from from a show invo- that's Apple's involved in. But yeah, it's pretty stunning stuff. I watched one episode. Too. I watched one episode. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was good. I I thought the elephant shrew got an awful lot of uh, screen time, but (laughs) apart from that, yeah, I enjoyed it. So the elephant shrew is a prima donna. Is that what you're saying? Well, they just seem to show it quite a lot. It kept popping back up. There's a show. The show's involving Oprah Winfrey and Mariah Carey, and the diva for you is an elephant shrew. Okay, maybe I got that slightly (laughs) wrong. Yeah, no, I don't watch a lot of the others, so uh, so yeah. <laughs> have you watched? I, I listened to the last. Show. Have you listened? Have you watched Ted Lasso yet? I no. haven't, and everyone keeps oh, telling me I need to. Oh my! God. You do need to, Bart. You see, guys. Oh, it's so good. I, I and it's like football adjacent. Like, well, good I, because I'm not a sports ball person. See, and I don't watch a ton, and so like. For being a show that's centered around a football club, it really doesn't like the show is the point of the show is not the football. So it's it's a lot of fun. it's about the people. Um, it's Bill Lawrence, who Charlotte interviewed uh, and talked to about this. And it's about 
uh, Ted Lasso is about football the same way Scrubs was about a hospital. Like, it's really not. Gotcha. Like, it's just sort of incidental that that happens to be where they are. But it's so funny and it's so good and it's so kind. Like, that's, it's... I think, the thing about it. Like, the best thing I can say is that for half an hour at a time, I can almost forget it's all kinds of 2020 out here. Yeah, it is very lovely and nice. And I said, actually... Yeah, I say that as a football fan who actually thinks the least impressive bits are the bit where they try and talk about football. But like, <laughs> there's lovely shots of Richmond in in Southwest London. Um, there's just Ted being nice to each other, and yeah, it's good. It's worth it's worth the kind of half an hour investment time. Over well, actually, think- when you put it that way, I will give it, I will add it to my my up next the- list. Give it give it three episodes. It really finds its feet by the end of episode three. You really get a handle on like what it is and like what the deal is. And you'll know by then like yes or no. Uh, but the thing I think gets lost in a lot of this is everyone sort of presumes that uh, streaming episodes are an hour and mm. Ted Lasso is half an hour. And so like finding out that you're making a 90 minute commitment and that's three episodes of I think it's 10, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's a very and and that's an hour and a half of time. Like yeah. that's a very different commitment than you know an, an hour in a chunk. And so I like I've known a number of people that I'm like, you know, it's a half hour sitcom, and they're oh, well, I didn't realize it was only a half an hour. Like yeah, I can get into you know I can at least take a shot at that. Cool. So uh, I think that's another piece to remember when you're like think it, about it. I can't. I haven't quite been able to gird myself to sit down and watch Tehran yet. Like that, that seems like more of a different kind of investment. I think right. you have emotional like, energy. Yes. I'm not in the same way. I actually couldn't make myself watch Defending Jacob because I wasn't in a fit, a fit emotional state. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, state that's, yes. I was like, I can't really um, it, deal it, with this. But I think like, it took Ted me... Lasso. You can kind of. It's like having a bath or something. It's nice. Yeah, I think it took me two years to finally sit down and watch uh, Brokeback Mountain, <laughs> and I will never yes. ever watch it again. But <laughs> and you're you're still not ready, are you? No, I'm still not ready. But at the same time, yeah. I don't think I, I'm glad I watched it, and I think it's an amazing piece of art. But Jesus, you know, <laughs> exactly. I'm with you there, hundred percent. Yes. Anyway, it is coming up to the one to the end of our one free year for those of us who bought mm. an Apple product. So the obvious obvious question is: uh, Is it worth a fiver a month? I'll pipe up immediately and say, yep, I'm holding on to mine. Uh, what about you guys? Nick, are you a keeper or are you, are you done? Do you know, because I, 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 Apple have muddied the waters, haven't they? Well, they will with the story we talk about in a bit. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> uh, that, that that's I'm unsure, in all honesty. I have enjoyed watching a few things on it, but I'm asking myself, is it worth, for the amount I've watched, because I haven't watched a huge amount, yeah, is it worth it? So uh, at the moment, I think I'm going to say no. I'm not going to resubscribe, but uh, I may change my mind. <laughs> so you're, you're fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly, I get the impression you're more keen. I am, uh, and and part of that is because um, as we've continued to to. Uh, cover things over at Mac Observer. We usually do like Media Monday or TV Tuesday. You can usually find those shows earlier in the week because we end up with like this glob of news to talk about all at once that's all about like what's coming or new things that are happening with TV Plus. 
And um, I think I'm going to keep it because $5 is a very reasonable price. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there's, and, and there's a load of stuff there. You know, one of the things that I talked about initially was without a catalog, you know, what happens when you get to the end of what's on TV plus and they're making that a lot harder proposition now. And so uh, there's, there's definitely a lot there. And especially as they bring back second, bring in second seasons of things, mm. um, the second season of the morning show is starting soon. Uh, we know there's going to be a second season of Ted Lasso. And for there's all mankind, stuff. they're working on too. For all mankind is coming. So there's there's a lot of stuff that's coming with you know another season or just a brand new show. You know, like uh, Tehran is in the midst right now, like we were talking about, and and some of the other things. So I think there's a lot there, and I think uh, for five bucks a month to kind of always have something to fall back on that I can watch, uh, it seems worth it to me. Like yeah. I'm a huge it, documentary it, at that person. price, it's worth it. If it were more, I would probably think a lot harder about it. Yeah, I'm a huge documentary person. A lot of the stuff that isn't getting a lot of attention, like the yes. series they did on Holmes, is yeah, simply superb. Point. Such a good point. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll definitely be keeping it in month 13, not only because it's my job, but <laughs> because there's stuff I want <laughs> to watch. Um, but that you're, it's such a good point, Bart, that there is a load of stuff there that people, you know, it's not quite at the Netflix stage where you just can never get to the end, mm. you, but it's getting better. But there is a load of stuff, as you say, particularly in the documentary field, that is just so is like it looks like TV made by Apple. Like that home show <laughs> could only have been made by Apple. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, I, I um, don't know. It reminded me a lot of Chef's Table on Netflix, which is another one of those series, which unless you're really into documentaries, you probably never yeah. even heard of. But it's just superb. Yeah, and they did another one uh, show that I did a review of called Visible, which it is called yes. Visible Out on TV, which is a three or four part documentary about LGBT representation on television, which was done really, really well. well lots and of like, big interviews on that, like lots of huge, big people. Huge interviews, like everyone was in that. Um, and lots of those big names uh, narrated and exec produced it as well. Um, it's amazing what who you can rope in when you're apple yeah um, or, or oprah or, and, and or oprah. oprah yeah um well and they have the the beastie boys documentary too don't they beastie boys yeah all of that stuff so there is stuff yeah. to get stuck into and also i think we kind of brushed over snoopy but actually the yeah. kind of kids children's tv play i think is quite important yeah and ghostwriter I mean, when i was a kid ghostwriter was a great show i'm really glad they're bringing it back for a new for a new wave of people to discover. It was a great show. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's also movies like, I mean, Greyhound was, st I really enjoyed yeah. Greyhound and uh, The Banker was superb as well. Yeah. Uh, and there's more. And as you mentioned in last month's show, there's a, a, some other big name movies uh, that are on their way in yeah. the not too distant future. Yeah. So, so it's stuff very to exciting to me. Um, Just some other original content adjacent stuff to mention if you live in the united states you can get uh, an extra tv channel through the apple tv channels feature amc plus uh, you have to pay for that obviously but uh, another channel to choose from uh, and then in terms of getting your apple tv content on as many devices as possible apple really don't seem to be being precious about this they, they are seem to be happy no. to partner with anyone so at the last month's show we mentioned a lot of very cranky lg tv owners who had been promised apple tv and airplay 2 and then they were told actually no 
Uh, they shouted loudly and LG went, oh, well, right then, I guess so. So that it is coming to 2018 LG TVs after all. AirPlay 2 and HomeKit are coming to Roku devices. Apple TV is coming to Xbox consoles. And reportedly, not confirmed, but reportedly, the PlayStation. Which is kind mm-hmm. of impressive. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm really curious where... I'm really curious about this because it's not just the TV channel. Like I've said for ages, like even back when I was doing like the two op podcast, like, you know, Apple, Apple was never going to make a television. What they were going to make was a deal with somebody to maybe make a dent in the back of the television where you could yeah. stick your Apple TV. And that was going to be it. like, they were never going to get into the TV game. And that's still what, and that's what they've turned out to do. They're just not doing it with the puck, right? Like it's yes. not the black box that's part of the conversation. So, um, you know, if you have a TV that runs Roku OS, which is a thing, mm-hmm. uh, you can have the TV channel. If you, um, uh, you know, AirPlay, uh, you know, over at uh, Mac Observer, Dave wrote about how uh, Dave Hamilton wrote about how he bought a TV that has AirPlay 2 in it. And uh, it's a it's a smart TV that I think it's the LG operating system yep. uh, that does that gives him you know TV plus and access to all of that stuff. So like he doesn't even need an Apple TV hooked up to that display, which and, is amazing just to be able to throw any any Mac or any right. iOS device just throw it at the telly without even the need for buying another box. That's a, a right. brilliant feature. And and the thing about that that's that's interesting is I think this is a piece. Again, this is why I love getting to talk to Charlotte on the regular over on the Daily Observations podcast is because um, when we talk about Apple doubling down on services and Apple talks about Apple doubling down on services, this is the kind of stuff they're talking about. Like, you're not paying for AirPlay, but it's a service. You're not paying for HomeKit, but it's a service. Yeah. You know, um, And their service is the same way that TV Plus is, the same way that the TV app is supposed to hook everything up so you can see it all kind of at once and all of that. So those are all, you know, those are all just, you know, more little hooks to put out there to real people into the ecosystem. So, you know, I want to put my, I want to put pictures from my phone or movies from my phone up on the TV done. Right. And you didn't have to buy anything else except you bought a TV and you bought your iPhone and now you can do that as if by magic. Right. And so I think there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff that isn't getting the attention that maybe it should, you know, when we talk about Apple and services and all of that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I'm going to move us into the main stories. We have just three of them, but they're more than meaty enough to keep us entertained. So the first story (laughs) will be more developments in the App Store. I I almost was going to put this into follow-up, and then I realized that there's way too much here to count Mm -hmm. this as follow-up. Then, of course, we had a wee Apple event, which we now know is just the aperitif for another Apple event coming in the 13th of October, which we're expecting the iPhone 12. And then finally, Apple actually released a bunch of operating systems, but not Big Sur. So everything but Big Sur pretty much got an update. So there are three main stories. So the first one I've called App Store Developments. And I don't want to waste all of our time going into more detail on the Apple Epic row because I'll I'll list the facts that happened and we'll kind of leave it at that in a moment. But basically, that's there's not much there there because this is all waiting to go to an actual court. So, what? Well, yeah, I mean, they did meet in court virtually for the first time. Yes, and the month. judge went, "You guys need a jury trial," and they went, "No, we don't." 
Yeah, it's the only thing bes- Apple and Epic have agreed on is that they don't want a jury trial. Which is bizarre to me because the judge is like, I think this needs a jury trial because jury verdicts are less likely to be overturned on appeal. And it's like Apple and, Ro- and Epic basically went, oh, I think we'd like some appeals to drag this out even longer. What? Yeah, it, that was all a bit bizarre. The judge was not that kind to Epic either. Uh, to put it mildly. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, basically it's the It's worth going through some of the stuff in the show notes. Yeah, so, let, let me read through the headlines here and then, then we'll we'll circle back. So sensor terror data implies that what's on the line here is $26 million a month for Epic is what they seem to be losing out on by not being in the App Store, which is kind of a lot. Uh, at the start of the month, there was a big hoo-ha when Epic said that Apple were going to kill signing with Apple, so you better change your account to different authentication. And Apple were like, no. And Epic were like, no, 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 they changed their mind. They backed down. And then last week, Gruber went, yeah, I finally managed to confirm it with sources. That whole signing with Apple thing was uh, simply false, was the, uh, the, 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 the short, succinct uh, way Gruber described it. And the whole thing smelled of, you know, horse poop to me anyway. So... Epic just invented a drama so they could be drama queens about it is what it looks like yet again. Uh, Epic Games asked the court to put Fortnite back in the iOS app store. Yeah, right. Uh, Apple sued Epic over breach of contract, calls it Robin Hood, which is interesting. Um, And Apple files counterclaim uh, against the Fortnite developer for breach of contract. Epic says Epic Games bullies platforms for personal gain in a scathing attack. Fortnite, Save the World, no longer playable on the Mac from September 23rd. Epic Games warns Fortnite players not to update to iOS 14 because you might lose your app. Epic Games joins the Coalition for App Fairness, which is basically a club of people who are cranky at Apple. Uh, Judge says Apple... Yeah, we just done that bit. Um, Judge in Apple Fortnite case slams Epic's tactics hints at a july trial date and that's july of next year so this this is going to be with us for a while uh epic does not dispute breaking app store's rules their basic argument is yeah but the rules are unfair so we're not bound by them and if all of this is too much to understand imore did a really good summary of the actual legal arguments in the case which are often very hard to see amidst all the snark flying about so that that's where we stand with that one. If anyone wants to quickly chime in before we move on and ignore that for the rest of the segment. <laughs> no, I we I've spent too much of my life reading and writing about this. But yeah, the the judge's <laughs> comments where she's like she tells Epic, "Yeah, but you basically you signed the contract." Yeah, which they did. Is kind of yeah. a worth reading. And also, I mean, the judge saw through the whole, you know, but you made this. You made this emergency. This this is an emergency of your making, which 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 is obviously. I mean, obviously yes. it was. They've engineered the whole thing. They had a 1984 piss take ad ready to go. This the whole thing was engineered, and they tried to play everyone. And people don't like being played like fiddles. Anyway, putting oh, it no. aside because this is going to rumble on forever. So <laughs> what else happened? Um, well, Apple have actually made some very substantial changes to things in the App Store. So they've released new guidelines and the headline feature of the new guidelines is definitely the fact that they are going to allow streaming game apps. So kind of sort of store within a store style apps, but 
in a very Apple way. So each individual app that you can get through these bundles will need to be submitted for separate review, which a lot of people are saying makes it not really practical. But at the same time, if you're not Epic, it is also true that we learned this week that there's a new Xbox app, which lets you stream Xbox One games to your iPhone. So basically, you need an Xbox, and then you can have any game you like on your iPhone because it comes from your Xbox, so it's not a subscription-y thing. Therefore, Apple are fine with that. Microsoft say they remain committed to bringing Xbox Game Pass to the iPhone. Um, and also, Amazon's upcoming cloud gaming service will run on iOS via an interesting workaround. They're using the web. Google are also on the same page. You can play your Google Stadia stuff on iOS 14 over the web. And just for some context as to why everyone is uh, interested in all of this, according to Sensor Tower's latest numbers, the App Store generates 19 billion with a B revenue in Q3 alone. So yeah, that's why everyone's fighting about this stuff, folks. There'd be real money involved. So what did you guys make of the new rules? Well, the one thing I like, which seems to be on its way, I don't think I've seen any evidence of it yet, is it looks like developers are going to be able to offer offer codes and discount yeah, codes. That's, well, that's actually in the next story because they've made some practical changes as well. Yes. But, okay. Well, I'll, I'll save my excitement for the next story then. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I. That's the one that I'm particularly. Oh, I actually want to. you to explain that because they all sounded a bit boring to me. But I, I look forward to, to to being okay. Um. I mean, maybe there isn't really much more to say other than Apple sort of kind of are allowing the game stores, but in a very Apple-y way. Um, and that companies who are not fighting with Apple are succeeding in working around all of this and succeeding in having their cake and eating it to some extent. Um, it does seem that, you know, Microsoft and Amazon and Google are faring better than Epic. Which, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's Amazon true, obviously yeah. is in a much more powerful position than Epic, but... True. So as as Charlotte intimated there, Apple also, as well as changing the rules, they also actually added some more tools to, I think, Apple's argument is our App Store adds real value. And so to put a bit more, you know, shaft behind that arrow, um, they've rolled out a bunch of stuff. So there's some improvements for sandbox testing for developers so they can test their apps better. That's just good for all of us. Uh, They're also continuing to highlight developers with more editorial content in the App Store. And the editorial content in the App Store has really been getting better. Because I thought it was a gimmick at first, but I've actually found myself reading the articles in the App Store. Which is, Mm. I never thought I'd say that, but it's true. There's proper stuff in there that's interesting. Yeah. Um, And then, as you mentioned, Charlotte, Apple have added a whole bunch of new tools to allow developers to create sort of like web usable links and even scannable barcodes and things so that it's easier to send people to your app. So explain to me why I should be really excited about this. Yeah, the bit I'm particularly (laughs) excited about is that they're going to be able to offer you offer code in the same way they would be able to offer you if you went to a website. So what the example we've I've discussed before with Kelly, but there'll be there's other examples is a publication might say well if you sign up on our website for a year we'll actually offer it for you 60 percent 
Oh, okay. Okay, no, that is yeah. actually interesting. You know, like, yeah. you've read so many articles a month or whatever, and, like, if you do that on the web now, like, the New York Times can go, you've read four articles in two weeks, we're going to give you a specialer deal than gotcha. if, you know, as opposed to, you know, in the app, like, if you were doing this on your phone and you were using the New York Times app, like, the price is the price, you know? Yes. Regardless. And that's and, one of the things that a lot of developers, particularly in the publishing space, but I, I suspect in other spaces as well, have always found annoying about the App Store and have tried to direct people straight to their websites to sign up. Mm-hmm. But uh, this will obviously get over that problem, but Apple still gets its kind of between 15 and 30% of the revenue. So that, I think, is really interesting because it actually will be better for consumers because we might be able to save some money in some places. And also for developers, because it's much easier to have yeah. a publicity campaign when you can do these kinds of things. So it's yeah, a win-win yeah. for just, everyone. Yeah. Load up, mm-hmm. app not whatever, and yeah. And as you say, there'll be scannable QR codes, so you may be seeing the wild, an app you're interested in, you can scan the code, and all that kind of, like, all that kind of stuff looks to be on the way to, as you say, give make people feel that the app store has value, and it's not just Apple being Apple and kind of protecting its ecosystem. Excellent. Um, I feel, um, seeing all these changes that are being made, I feel a little bit sorry for the the, the man in the back room who's writing the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> it, it rather reminds me of um, going going back, um, uh, probably before a lot of people who listened to this were born. When I left school, I went to work in the civil service and um, uh, I went as a, a what they called a casual at the time. I wasn't actually working full time there. And uh, it was while I was at college, actually, last year in college. And one of the first things they gave me to do was what were called code amendments. So there's, at the time, uh, unemployment benefit was actually run on codes, which were literally binders with lots of instructions in them. Oh, and um, they had to be amended as the law changed and whatever. Uh, and they'd had this strike before i actually went to work for them and i was literally given a pile of paper about as high as a desk off the floor oh no uh, and i had to sort of put them in date order and then work my way through them <laughs> updating these codes and eventually tearing out the bits that i'd altered earlier on <gasps> because oh, i got to a later yourself instru- as you cut up oh, a later in- yes a later instruction which said oh no tear that page out now jeez <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. So, and this rather reminds me of that. There must be a little man. He's not probably not got book, uh, paper, but he'll probably have a computer. And he, he thinks, oh, I've got to change something else now. And again. And again. Yeah, every <laughs> FAQ has suddenly become wrong. Yeah. Um, another thing that caught my eye greatly, because one of my complaints um, about how Apple run the App Store is a lack of transparency. And one of the things that was particularly not transparent and particularly didn't look good to me when Apple were questioned in Congress, was this special sweetheart deal that seems to be available for some video partners. Well, we now understand that it's an actual program with actual rules. Apple have laid out the rules. And they've also told us there's actually 150 companies are using. So it's not a sweetheart deal for Amazon and Disney+. Plus. It's actually lots of people are making use of it and anyone can, as long as you meet the criteria. And now we actually know what the criteria are. So I, I was actually really happy that Apple were good enough to finally lay it out. And it's not even particularly onerous. It's actually a really good deal. The basic idea is if, you're a, if your app's primary purpose is high-quality video, 
then if you integrate with all of Apple's APIs so that you get the full experience on Apple TV, then you can have more of your money. It's like, okay, I'll take that. So I'm really happy Apple released these details and I really hope lots and lots and lots of... Dear dear Netflix, please do this. Um, I guess is what I'm saying. So... (laughs) Anyone else find that as exciting as I did, or maybe that was just maybe that's just my no, thing. I, I think it's interesting considering the the um, grilling that um, yeah. all, all yeah. the big companies got a little while ago. Um, that that they're that they're being more transparent now. Perhaps they just think you know this will save us having to do something like that again. Yeah. Uh, another thing that made me cranky recently was that Facebook ha- were are doing a thing during COVID where you can offer facebook events uh, and all the money facebook has said we're not taking a cut we're giving all of the money to the people hosting the events because they're stuck at home and it's so hard to make ends meet and then apple went yeah that's fine but if you do it through our app store we're still taking our 30 percent cut and facebook <laughs> were like oh come on and well apple basically have seen the light and they go oh all right then let's not take that 30 percent cut so that good Sense, yes. sense and suit. Sometimes, like for a company that has really slick PR, yeah. Sometimes stuff like this happens. You're like, why? Yeah, this just shouldn't be a story because you guys were asleep at the wheel. You were obviously too busy snarking at Epic or something. Yeah, I mean, just why is yeah. this a thing that's happening? Now, another piece of consistency arriving slowly on the horizon. So Google, like Apple, have rules that say that if you're on their app store, you're supposed to use their payment method and they're supposed to get their cut. But unlike Apple, Google have been really loosey-goosey with the rules. And that's not going to go over well when it comes to antitrust investigations because you're not supposed to have sweetheart deals. Uh, So Google have clarified that the Play Store rules actually apply to everyone, uh, which particularly affects Spotify, Netflix, and, oh yes, Apple Music, uh, because Apple don't abide by Google's Play Store rules, which is another one of those, why did you think it was a good idea to score an own goal sort of things? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go and sit under the table, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes this stuff happens and you're just like, what, why? These are very clever people. Why? How? What? Why? Yeah. Meanwhile, a rumbling on in the background is... Lots and lots and lots of antitrust stuff. So just what made the news in September? Apple faces a third antitrust investigation from Italian Watchdog. App Store and Google Play Store under scrutiny in Australia. Facebook formally submits Apple complaints to EU. Proposal would give EU power to boot tech giants out of European market. EU suggests phones and laptops should come without pre-installed apps in a new proposed legislation. And on a related note, the CEO of Coinbase says that Apple is stifling cryptocurrency invention. So yeah, that's all going on. Anyway, I'm going yeah, to... Yeah, they need, they need to wheel out the, that little man in his back room. He'll explain it. Indeed. <laughs> I'm going to move us on to the September Apple event um, because I need to finish this show within the next 30 minutes and we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. So Apple had an event, the link to the video is in the show notes, and they even released an American Sign Language recap of the video, which is, I think, the first time they've done that, so that's nice, if you speak ASL. Uh, You're probably not listening to me if you speak ASL, but anyway, link in show notes. Uh, So the event was called Time Flies, so in a surprise to no one, the event kicked off with uh, some new Apple Watches. 
plural, and the plural may be more of a surprise. So we had the Series 6, which is the big, the, the shiny. Um, the big rumoured feature was true, blood oxygen monitoring, here we come. Also, it's the first phone with Apple's U1 chip. It doesn't have 3D touch anymore. We sort of knew that was coming. And instead, it has better battery life. The always-on screen has been made a bit better. The CPU is a bit faster. Basically, it's just a shinier Series 5 with blood oxygen and a U1 chip and a slightly better battery life and screen. Is that a fair summary? The altimeter as well. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, the the always-on altimeter. I think... Yeah, the always on altimeter. I think that's the big stuff in the in Series Six. Yeah, uh, and then the one that I wasn't really expecting was we had the Apple Watch SE joined the club. Which well, you should have. I'll been tell you who was it, expecting but... it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was expecting it different. I, I, I'll put it this way: I was expecting it different. I didn't think. Well, they... I have one sitting on my wrist right now, an Apple oh. Watch SE, and it's wonderful. I will come back to you in a moment about that. Um, so I was expecting that the, like the iPhone 5C, that mm-hmm. the lowest model would be this new SE. That would be at the bottom of the line. But actually they've retained the Series 3 as their entry model and they've added this whole new watch, which as people are describing as a Series 4 Plus. Doesn't have an always-on screen. So it's kind of a Series 4 but it does have newer brains, so it's kind of a Series 5. Actually, Charlotte, like since you have one, yeah. could you explain to me where it fits? Yeah, so this is the first Apple Watch I've got, and that's because it's exactly got, for the first time, has the exact feature set that I want. Huh. So what I wanted uh, uh, is a Fitbit made by Apple. And this is that, but it's better. Because yes. it's made by Apple. So it does all the fitness tracking and activity monitoring and sports stuff that I wanted, um, uh, including, you know, tracking your workouts, if you go road cycling, if you go running, if you do any of those things. And part of the part that encouraged me to finally take the plunge and get one was I was like, well, I'm not going to the gym anytime soon. So <laughs> Indeed, know, yes. This, <laughs> this is a replacement, for, you know, what am I saving on the gym membership? So I, I did that. Um, and I've had it for uh, under a week now, for, for about four or five days, and I absolutely love it. It's, the battery is pretty good. Um, it does, as I say, all the activity monitoring and workout monitoring and all that kind of stuff that you would want. It tells you off if you sit for too long. That's really it, important, actually, when working from home. Right. Yes. Um, it has Apple's totally coincidental to COVID washing your hands timing yeah. feature. Um, <laughs> it has all those things. and it, But the difference is, and I say this in my review that's just gone up on the Mac Observer, is that it's it's like it is a fitness device. It doesn't feel like a medical device. And that's what mm. I really like about it. Well, mm. welcome to the club. Um, I, I've been a huge Apple Watch fan for a very long time. So I'm, I'm delighted to hear you, you've joined us. So yeah. So basically, you now have the choice of a Series 3 at the bottom of the line, and for just $70 more, you get to go to the SE, which is sort of in the middle, and then the Series 5 is gone, replaced with the Series 6, which is basically a shinier Series 5. Um, What also came along is a new type of band, like completely new, the Solo 
loop and the braided solo loop as well as some yeah. nice new link apple uh, leather link apple watch bands as well has anyone on the panel got their hands on one so the solo loop is a one piece yeah, they're both I... one piece straps that come in 12 sizes and they're elasticy so you, like these um rubber bandy things that that cycling cheater got us all to do to wear around a wrist is sort of the idea here you just stretch it around and hey presto your watch is on yeah <laughs> sorry i'm just laughing at the lot sorry i couldn't think of the words live strong so cycling cheater will have to do oh dear <laughs> um you're you're not wrong we all knew what you meant so, <laughs> you, you see know, it works uh, I didn't get the solar loop. I actually quite like the look of it, but it would have taken about another six to eight weeks to arrive. Yeah. Um. So there's a there's a, a plain one for fifty dollars, the same price as the very very popular sports band, uh, and then there's a braided one which is fifty dollars more or twice the price, but they do look rather nice. There is a tool that you're supposed to print out to measure your size because there's 12 sizes. Now, what yeah. I thought was really clever about this was that when you print the page out, there's a box on the page that's supposed to be the size of a credit card. And if you've messed up the scaling of your print, yeah. it won't be the right size. Mm. And despite that genius addition, people still manage to make all sorts of mistakes. Um, it's I'm such shocked. a clever thing. It's the type of only thing Apple would think of. It's mm. like when I saw it, when I was looking at the uh, that tool you're describing, I was like, yep, this is Apple. Yeah. And uh, it's such a clever idea. Because the credit card is universally universally the same size everywhere on planet Earth because it has to fit into a reader. And we yeah. all have them. Yeah. So it's perfect. I I really I, I thought that was that was very smart because of the way you know, because I wondered how were you going to make sure that people were printing it at the size it was supposed to be. And yeah. so they managed to solve it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, initially, 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 Apple did one of those things where you're going, how did you not think of this beforehand? Why did you need to score a known goal before you undid it? So initially, <laughs> if you bought the wrong size band, not only did you have to send the band back, which makes perfect sense, it's the wrong size. Of course, you send it back. You had to send the watch back too. And the waiting list had oh, gotten geez. quite long. So they were basically saying, because you didn't measure right, you're going to be without a watch for 12 weeks. And that made people quite cranky, to, to put it mildly. Uh, so not yeah. only did they reverse course on that and say, OK, fine, send us only the strap. They then went one further to make up for their boo-boo. And they are now sending people out regular sports loops to tide them over till the solo loop they actually wanted becomes available in the size they want, which, like I say, the, the lead time on those has become, you know, two, three months kind of time. So yeah, good on you eventually. Strangely, I, 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 I enjoyed listening to the uh, stuff about the watch, but um, it didn't really affect me, uh, particularly because in January I retired. And I, so I'm not looking at time anymore, if I can help it. Yeah, but tracking exercise, Nick. Tracking exercise, all those walks. Well, I can do that with my phone. I only, I only walk. It's the only exercise I do. So uh, see, I do plenty I, of walking. But I can do it on my I phone. I thought that. I had the same thought. I was like, oh, I, can't, I don't need to spend another four, £500 on another Apple device. I've got my phone. Um, you know, I can use it. I've got a basic Fitbit pedometer from a million years ago if I want to make myself do 10,000. I mean, I have there. got a Series 2 watch. 
so I, I mean, I have got a watch. I'm just not wearing it very much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I can see having worn one for a few days that actually. It's pretty. Like, I, I think it's a huge. I can deal. see why it dominates the smartwatch market. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yes. Yes, I'd agree with that. Um, we and should. I, what I love about it is the the sidekick of it. Uh, you know, in using mine, um, I like the the nudge to you know get off my butt at oh, the hour, and I I enjoy you know, and I like having the rings like gamifying. That does make me be more active. But mostly, what I like is picking up my arm and texting somebody, or setting a reminder, or setting a timer, or adding something to the shopping list, like. Having those things, no matter what, is super duper convenient. I really enjoy that. And I know Charlotte's answered at least one phone call on it, too, which is also very cool and novel, like when you first get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't have my jet pack, but I do have my Dick Tracy watch. Yes. Exactly. The rest of All I want, look, I spent more years than I care to admit wanting to be in Thunderbird, so now I can be. Yes. Um, a more controversial thing is that the first Apple product to come without a power brick is the new Apple Watches rather than the iPhone 12. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, just to underline this, because people have gotten the wrong end of the stick here, when we say without a charger, we don't mean it doesn't have the little puck. What we mean is it doesn't have the power brick that goes into the wall outlet, as Americans would call it, or the socket, as we would call it. Um, you get the bit that goes from USB on one end to weirdo Apple Watch connector on the other end. What you don't get is the large, heavy block of copper that everyone already has 20 million of. And I'm just going to flat out say it. To me, this is a gigantic storm in a teacup. The, there are USB-shaped holes everywhere in the modern world. It's like, well, what if it's your first Apple Watch? Yeah, so what? It's a USB-A port. They're on like they're on wall outlets. They're the only thing everywhere. The only thing I don't understand. The only thing I don't understand though, Bart, is what they could have done was just make it made it an option. Why why not just make it an option? If someone hasn't got one by some very small chance, then they could say, Yeah, I'll have one, please. I but guess it's sort of kind of it because you just one order one with it and when you're buying on the store. Having bought one, can I suggest an answer? Go on. Yeah. Because without it in the box, the boxes are so pretty and sleek. It comes. So what they do is you obviously order the watch you want and the band you want separately. Mm-hmm. They come in two oh, very okay. sleek, long rectangular boxes that they then wrap up into a third kind of cover. Yeah. Oh, See, there was a lot oh, of right, empty okay. air in the old Apple Watch boxes because of the yeah. depth of that power brick. Yeah. And if you multiply that out by the amount of these being put into crates and shipped around the world, that is a lot of CO2s. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, for green reasons, I can absolutely say why you wouldn't want to keep putting them in. I just green... make it an option. But yeah, it is, for green reasons and the aesthetics this... when you actually get your hand on it, I I get it now. Yeah, I would like to see what the packaging is like for the new ones. I think the the thing about this that irks me, and it's irk. It's not. I'm not full on upset about it or anything. But it's irked me that Apple hasn't done this forever, and that is slap another USB port on the big chargers. Sell yes, me a me laptop one... charger that has a place to plug in my phone or my watch. Give yeah. me, you know, like. Like, if I'm going to have one, especially now that it's all USB-C, right? Like, if I'm going to go buy a replacement MacBook Pro charger, 
sell me one with a second USB port on it so that I can charge the, th- the other thing. Whatever the other thing is, just presume you are an Apple laptop user. You probably have another one of our things and you'll need to charge that too. Have one with two ports. One of which I is USB-A I, and one of which is USB-C. And yeah, then, uh, then give me I an mean, A and a yeah. C. Uh, there are people who do that now. There's a whole gallium nitride charger thing that's like getting more and more popular all the time. That's super duper great. Like, just give me that second USB port. Just for once, presume that your Apple laptop customer also owns a second Apple product. Or, you know, here's the act of revolution. Show people that they can charge their Kindle with that other port. Like, whatever. I don't care. But that's the reason that this bugs me is that they could have been giving us the solution to this all along and maybe could have even phased out the iPhone chargers a lot sooner because I could just plug it into the laptop one, you know, by making it optional, like Nick was saying, you know, like, I don't, I don't need another one. Just like, I don't, you know, if I get a new phone, I don't need another pair of headphones. I really don't. I have the last three pair from the last three phones I bought still sitting in the boxes unopened because I don't need them. Let me make that choice. And having a second charging port on the larger power adapters like say ipad pro and up right like if it's a USB-C charger slap a usb a usb a port in there as well so i can use my old iphone cable my watch cable whatever because it ships with usb a watch cables anyway so, yeah i'm going to move us on because i'm looking at the clock here and um, the other interesting thing Apple have done is something called family setup where you can if you buy an unfortunately you need cellular apple watches for this but you can now get Apple Watches for multiple people in your family and manage them from a single iPhone. So this is obviously really good if you have kids or if you have relatives who could parents. benefit, parents basically, who could benefit particularly from stuff like the fall tracking and stuff like that, or fall detection and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing they announced is Fitness Plus, which is basically a personal gym or a personal trainer. And it all sort of built around the Apple Watch, um, which then integrates with Apple TV and stuff. So that's kind of interesting. All of which, that's a new service, all of which brings us to the Apple One bundle. And it's it's called Apple One, but there's three of them because... <laughs> there's three tiers of it. Yeah, so tier one is a personal tier, which is just the basics, which is... I kind of like the order they put these in, actually. It's, it's, it's Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, and Apple Arcade. And then you can go up to the family one, which throws in... Um, no, well, hang on. There's iCloud, and that was the, what surprised me. Because yeah. iCloud is in all of them. Actually, sorry, you're right. I forgot about that. There's, there's like iCloud, which was... No, because what you just said is what I assumed was going to happen when Mark Gurman at Bloomberg first broke the news that there was a bundle coming. But actually, they were a lot more generous, if you like, more forthcoming with iCloud than I imagined they were going to be. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I, was, the... I was just hoping that, uh, personally, that they were going to add just a little bit more storage onto the individual one because I, I, I can't go for that so but oh, no but you can <laughs> because, because the, the, one of the things is you can still buy top up storage separately so you can get the whole bundle to cover you for everything apart from your extra storage and still just top up the iCloud storage by itself oh you no you come out ahead that. depending have, oh, that means I might have to buy it now yeah <laughs> Thanks, Bart. <laughs> uh, so the middle tier is aimed at families, and then the top tier is like you throw everything in. So if you're in a country that has News Plus, you get News Plus. And if you're in a country <laughs> that will get the Fitness Plus, you'll get Fitness Plus. 
and you get a lot more iCloud with that upper tier one. So it's kind of interesting. So looking at it personally, that middle bundle, that that's just like they just looked at what I wanted and went, there you go, Bart, here's a package for you. So yeah, uh, yeah, for me, they did that with the Premier Bundle. As soon as they announced that, I was just like, shut up and take my money. Like, thanks very yeah. much. <laughs> Two terabytes of storage, News Plus, TV Plus, Fitness Plus, music, basically all the stuff I already play for, plus a bit extra storage. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. Done. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So everyone wanted this. Finally, 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 we have it. So here we go. Uh, the other oh. thing. The other thing we got then was new iPads. Um, we have the eighth generation mm-hmm. iPad no name, um, which I always find a difficult iPad to describe to people, and the iPad Air 4. Um, mm-hmm. What I just adore about the iPad no name is for years now, it has been spectacular value for money. And this update just doubles down on that. We have for $329 an amazingly powerful new iPad that has the new design language. Or wait, no, which is which one has the new design language? Is that the Air? No, the Air has the new design language. So basically what they've just done is they've just taken the, the iPad no name and made it even better and kept the price at like $329. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It used to sort of be that you, you know, if somebody was going to put actual mileage on and on their tablet then well you need a you need an air maybe you need a pro like don't look at the don't look at the entry level like the plain old ipad i always call it the just ipad if you want just ipad like don't buy that like you probably need you know you probably need an air it's got a little more oomph for you need a pro which has a lot more oomph you know it was never look at the air and now and it and then they started really taking that entry level model seriously And it looks and it and it just continues to improve. Like you said, like it's really, really great. And it's a thing that that stands on its own now. Like it can be a viable contender for people who are looking for something. I have family members their first device who ask for my advice. And for a long time, I wouldn't have said go for the iPad. Nothing. I would have said go for an error or something. But for the last couple of years, I have just been saying, unless you have a specific need for something really small or really light or really big. Just grab the iPad, no name. It's great value yeah. for money. Now, yeah. the iPad Air 4 then was also announced. Now, I'm going to ask a favor of the panel. I need to very quickly deal with something here in the real world. Can someone take over as pretend host for about two minutes and talk about the iPad Air sure. 4? Sure. I'll, I got you, Bart. Uh, so uh, the iPad Air 4 uh, came out and it's it looks completely different. It now looks much more like an iPad Air, it's got, or like an iPad Pro, excuse me, uh, it's got the the beveled edges, the the 90 degree sides, like we've seen with the previous iterations of the iPad Pro. And this one also comes in colors, which is, which is very cool uh, to me. Um, and also, uh, it's got the A14 chip in it. So uh, this, honestly, uh, from where I'm standing, muddies the waters as far as do you want an Air or do you want a Pro? And yeah. uh, it comes up, it comes in really nicely at the higher end. And quite honestly, when this came out, I thought, you know, if I were in the market, uh, I don't know why I would buy a Pro if this is the Air that's available to me. What do you think, Nick? The, the only thing I was a little bit disappointed with this um, uh and it was something I disappointed myself with later on. Was uh, I looked at it and I thought, "Oh, I really like that." Because at the moment I have a twelve point nine inch first gen, um, okay, 
for my music because it's uh-huh. great. It's it's the right size for my old eyes, and uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's a nice big screen, and I can have my sheet music on it because I'm a pianist, and and it's great, yeah. lovely. Um, and I still love that, and I use it every day. But uh, I did look at this and think, oh gosh, that's really nice. Five nine nine. That's not too bad either. Five nine nine. Then I had a look at it and thought. How much have I currently got on the on the, my current machine? Oh, I've got uh, over 64 gig because it's a 128 gig machine. And then, yeah. of course, I went to have a look and they didn't do 128. Did Don't get Kelly started on the <laughs> And then they charge you another $200. So I, I was Don't, just sad. Don't get Kelly started on the storage <laughs> options. Yeah, I was a bit sad for that very reason yeah. because I didn't really want to spend $800. I wanted to spend $600, but... Uh, there you go. Yeah. That's Apple all over. <laughs> so since January, I bought an iPad, no name, the seventh generation of it. Yeah. Because for all that working in coffee shops and places I was going to do this year. Yeah, that worked very well for you. This <laughs> was a great investment. No, but I absolutely love it. Um, obviously, these the iPad, the new one and the iPad Air obviously now pack a bit more punch. Um that's always going to happen when you buy Apple products. I bought the iPad 7th Gen because it was the most up-to-date model at the point mm-hmm. I wanted to buy an iPad. Yeah. Uh, now I might be a lot more conflicted, to be honest, and be looking at maybe, as you guys say, the Air. The Pro maybe I wouldn't need because I'm not a designer or something. But as a package, I think the new Air is very, very compelling. So do, so do I, yeah. I, I, as I say, I was just disappointed that that wasn't that middle option because that would have been perfect. That would but have been a go. no-brainer then, just grab it. Yeah, yeah. Might have saved you money this way. Uh, in, in de- well, it has, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Silver lining, it's got to be going somewhere. Um, I, I, I have one of the, the more recent pros and I just adore that return to the old design language with the square edges. Um, so mm-hmm. to see that come to yeah, the air, okay. I mm-hmm. I still like my th- my giant big thirteen inch screen. So I may remain a pro user, but mm-hmm. it, damn tempting machine that iPad Air for. It's so pretty. And then can we talk about Touch ID in the in the power button for a second? Yeah, that yeah. Really awesome. made split the difference. Yeah. They've split the difference on the on the authentication, so it's not Face ID, so there's no notch. But you, the the you know, we would call it the side button mm. on your iPhone um, tracks your fingerprint somehow. Like that little tiny button is a Touch ID button, and they took the button off the front, but they didn't add a notch. And I'm fascinated by this idea, and I love that they did it. Yeah, I thought it was really clever, really clever in. It, it it it's like a nice in between, isn't it? Well, what I want, right? I mean, I thought it was the technology is amazing, um, but what I want isn't really in the iPad. What I want is in the iPhone 12. I want my cake and to eat it, please. I want <laughs> that power button and Face mm-hmm. ID in the iPhone 12, so that when I'm masked up, I can use my yeah. thumb. Oh, yeah. And the rest of the time, I can have it just magically recognize me like it does now. So biometrics to me should be a game of every factor you can get 
And once the phone has enough confidence that it's you, regardless of the source of that confidence, that it it does its thing. Yeah, I I admit uh, having much fonder feelings for my iPhone eight after I had to make a trip to a doctor's office earlier this year. <laughs> just yep. just sitting in the waiting room, having to sit there with a mask on the entire time and waiting. It was probably about ten maybe minutes. Yeah, and I just went. If we have to do this for a long time, this is going to be terrible. Shopping is what so really bad. gets me because <laughs> yes, I can't put my your phone list is on your phone. I can't put my phone lo- unlocked in my pocket, or the next time I take it out, my shopping list has nothing on it because I've accidentally tapped right. complete, 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 complete. And yes, I can't really every aisle unlock the bloody thing. So I end up mm-hmm. trying to play a game of memory with myself, and I do half the <laughs> shop. And then I find a place where I can stand out of everyone's way, unlock the phone, quickly check that I've not forgotten anything, realize that I've missed something four aisles back, backtrack on myself, yeah. and then forget what I was supposed to be doing on the rest of the shop. Oh. Yeah, and also, it's the things, the, the where face ID is falling down, uh, for me in particular, is payments. Yeah, um, oh God, yes. So you to, finally to, get to the bit where you have the loyalty what? card out, and you know, oh, enter my passcode, bleep scan the loyalty card. Double tap to pay. Enter your uh, password again. Well, yeah, no, the magic of your watch, Charlotte, and waving yes. your wrist at the thing to pay is going to change your life, especially uh, for think, this reason. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 That's the thing that makes me feel like I live in the future is I just wave my arm at the thing and I bought all my stuff and I can go. It's great. Uh, and and I, you know, I know... Yeah. Since the start of the pandemic, I have had the same, the identically same... 20 euro note in my wallet it's i remember yeah. cash yeah yeah when i go back I when i go back to going in shops i'll probably start wearing the watch mm. again <laughs> yeah i got i got uh 40 out of or 60 dollars out of the bank and took a trip i went on a business trip the last week of february mm. and at least 40 of that money is still in my wallet yeah yeah i know exactly cash. what you're talking about yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to move us on into our third big story, um, which is that we got the first chunk of our new operating systems from Apple. Although obviously Big Sur is by far the biggest software update of the year and we're not, we don't have that yet. I'm guessing we'll have that Mm -hmm. soon, but we don't have it yet. What we do have is the iOS-like operating systems and Safari 14 for all the platforms, including going back to uh, Mojave and the older the older Mac OSs, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So I, I think the big one is iOS and iPad OS 14. And I think yeah. really what we need to talk about as, as a group today is Scribble seems to be making people very happy. Love it. Charlotte and- is who it's making happy right now. Yeah, which is good. And f- I bought an Apple Pencil, and I'll be honest, it doesn't get used nearly enough. But with Scribble, it's it now knows what it means to go down to 80% charge, whereas before I used it so little and spent this life between 198, 198, 198, because it's always stuck to the top of the thing with its little magnets, but I, I didn't use it very much. But now I do. So I don't have an Apple Pencil. Kelly recommended when I bought my iPad, I bought a Logitech Crayon, which has most of the same functionality at half the price, and it's mm. great. Um, and I, when they announced Scribble, I got in touch with Logitech and was like, is this going to work? Mm. And they exclusively told me that it would. 
And, and it does. It does. And it's lovely. And basically it means you can handwrite into any field. Yeah. That, that is that is the magic, right? That's like the promise of the of the handspring visor from the nineties <laughs> finally or come the to Newton pass. For people who remember back that far. Yeah. I can still write in that graffiti style where the, the letters have a specific form. Yes, me too. But uh, I remember it well. And I've, I've st- I have started using it. Um, and I really, really like it. I, I like that you can kind of scroll into a Google search box what you want <laughs> without having to type. I like that actually I might be able to handwrite a document or a quick note instead of typing it and getting the third-party keyboard out or using the Apple keyboard on the ipad i think as i get more and more used to it that feature is going to get more and more use yeah so that's definitely a big deal and then the other big deal that has i was excited about it because i just i've wanted this forever but the whole planet seems to have gone nuts for it is widgets and i think the reason yeah. the planet okay, has gone... i have it yeah I'm, I'm a lot more cynical about this well, okay, I'll, 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 I'll come back to you. But uh, So on the one hand, we all knew it would be nice to have widgets for the obvious stuff, right? So for me, uh, because of... Okay, so because I live in Ireland and because I, I, I'm really quite keen on getting my exercise, the things I care about most are I want to see the latest rainfall radar. I want to see the battery status of my Bluetooth headset, my phone and my watch. And... I kind of also need to see when I'm supposed to be where so that I don't mess up. Um, mm-hmm. And I have two for three now. So my home screen has a a nice little square half-size widget that shows all of my battery statuses. I have a stack which shows due and my calendar, which means I know what I'm supposed to be doing and where I'm supposed to be. What I haven't found yet is a weather app that is giving me rainfall radar as a widget. But when I get that, I'll be in complete absolute heaven. So that's kind of the obvious thing that I think everyone thought widgets would give us. What I hadn't realized was that if you take widgets and you take shortcuts, you can make a custom app icon by basically adding a one-by-one widget that is a call to a shortcut, which will launch an app. So you give the widget any look you like, and then it launches a shortcut, which will open the app. And therefore, you can completely customize your home screen to make it not look like iOS anymore. And Planet Earth has gone absolutely nuts for this. (laughs) Apparently, one artist made $100,000 in six days by selling custom icons for iOS 14 home screens. Yeah. If only people had heard of Android, though. I know, but no one made a hundred thousand and sixteen. No, <laughs> no. That, like I'm so. I've used Android phones before as well as iPhones, and I always really liked widgets. And I always found it weird when I moved to moved to iOS that widgets and that kind of customization of the home screen and the app library, which is another part of iOS 14, a related mm. part of iOS 14, wasn't mm. in iOS before that. Um, and so I find it quite funny when I watch Apple users get very, very excited about this stuff. And I, I, while I'm pleased it's here and I, I've made use of it, when I saw a load of when the news first broke about this, these features becoming available, I did notice on Twitter a lot of very sarky Android users being like, um, "Guys, yeah, we've had I this." Kind of, <laughs> yeah, 
Couldn't help but agree. Yeah. They're nice though. Like I, I, I genuinely, it works great. yeah, I genuinely like my home screen now. I, I used to think that the the launch screen was the silliest thing on the on on the iPhone because it didn't do anything much of use. Between the app library and the widgets, I am a much much happier bunny on iOS fourteen than I was on iOS thirteen. Apple yeah. uh, Apple really likes delayed gratification. That's what it is, isn't it? Well, to some extent, yeah, it's kind of, they, make us wait, they make us wait for some things, and when we get it, we really like it. <laughs> but it's it's not just that we really like it. It's also that they can, that their version one can be very polished because it was like the punchline against early iOS was it can't even copy and paste. Yeah. Yes. But the thing is, when they gave us copy and paste, they were the first ones to give phone users good copy and paste. Oh, yeah, true. it actually did work. Yeah. yeah. that, yeah. for sure. And the iPod wasn't the first MP3 player, but it was the first good MP3 player. <laughs> that's correct. You know, yeah, so, so that's I had, kind so, of I had some of those other ones. <laughs> they were awful. They were hard drives with a, with a fur nerd, oh, yeah. binerd user interface on them that would make Linux nerds proud. And yes, Apple made a device were. for humans. Yes. Anyway, we also have WatchOS 7, which lets us know when our hands are being washed. Um, and it also brings ECG to a whole raft of new countries, including Colombia, Israel, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, and the UAE. Um, we have TVOS 14, which is a very minor update. Uh, some picture-in-picture stuff really is the big thing. Safari 14, the big, big thing there is the new privacy report. So Apple are being very upfront to help you see when you're being tracked across the web and it's it happens a lot and when you're not like i've noticed that little number when you open a new tab and it says safari has protected you from you know 207 ad blocker you know yeah servers or whatever Yeah. yeah and it's very it's it's always a surprising number to me well, it's also a point of pride. So I got, I went, the first thing I did was go to my own website and see, yeah. nope, no trackers. Ta-da. <laughs> yep. So definitely happy. You're not about the that. only person I know that has done that. Which is great, right? That's, that, that is such a positive incentive to put out there for, for, for people to do. Yeah. And the other thing we have then, if you are an owner of uh, Apple based, so W1 or H1 based chip, powered headphones you now have spatial audio and automatic device switching thanks to the magic of ios 14 so that is a big deal for both beats power beats pro and uh, airpods pro people mm-hmm. is there anything else that you guys think i skated over too quickly on this software stuff because i have raced a little bit here as we run kind of five minutes after when i would intended to end the show I just want to point out that you can add masks to your Memoji now, which is small but kind of nifty. I just like that they're sort of reflecting reality with that. And so you you can do that now, yeah. I have to to take some time to do that. I also need to figure out that the Memoji has become a little bit more realistic in terms of adding the grey into my beard. (laughs) Because Memoji me looks like me, but he, he looks like me 10 years ago. Ah, okay. Um, which is very good. My, my problem with the emoji is that um, I, I, I just can't visualize myself at all. <laughs> and therefore, I, I, whenever I, I design it, it looks nothing like me. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I should admit this on a podcast, but what the hey? It's only the three of us, four of us. I stood in front of a mirror 
with my phone well, open. Well, I've tried that as well, and it still yeah. doesn't look like me. Okay. <laughs> I was pretty happy after I spent the time in the mirror, because before I thought to, go, to move to the bathroom for this operation, my Memoji was some random dude. He, he was not me. <laughs> but yeah, he, I did that too to make sure it, it sort of looked like it looked like it should. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's airbrushed me at the moment, so I, I would like a little bit more yeah. realism, particularly in the fact that for some reason nature has decided that by the left half of my face is five years older than the right half of my face. <laughs> <laughs> the grey in my beard is really asymmetric, and it makes me quite cranky. I don't mind going grey, but could we do it symmetrically? All at once, or yeah. Yeah, all evenly, yeah. Yes, anyway. Let us wrap up the show with a few quick stories that also made the news in September. And I get to, uh, actually all of us on the call, apart from Kelly, get to say, yay, the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland get Apple's new maps. They're very shiny. I like I them I hate a lot. Apple Maps. It's rubbish. I refuse to use it. I, I, I couldn't disagree more. I, okay. A version zero of our version one of Apple Maps was a train wreck. It was well worth was firing a Scott Forstall. Disaster. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was well worth firing Scott Forstall for trying to defend that mess. Like, yes. That, 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 oh, oh, how terrible! And for for at least a year, I hated Apple Maps. And then after that, I started to sort of go mm, maybe. So I ran both Google Maps and Apple Maps, and I just kept track of which of them sent me the wrongest. And after <laughs> after Google Maps, when I asked it to send me to the Belgian embassy so I could get my passport, sent me to the ambassador's residence instead of the embassy. Oh, oh. And did you get invited in? I then switched over. Yeah. So I had an appointment. I was running late. Google sent me to the complete wrong place. I switched to Apple Maps and they helped. They got me straight to the front door just in time not to miss my appointment. And then for about a year, I always ran both. And then I realized that Apple was always better. And I have been a very happy Apple Maps user for the last two years. And then when I got the Apple Watch and it, okay, so actually, no, yeah, the Apple Watch is what won me over. The fact that as I'm driving along, I don't have to look at my phone because it's two taps for left, one tap for right. I probably have that the wrong way around because I'm dyslexic. But just that tap, tap versus tap, that's it. Yeah. you don't even have to look when when you're driving, and I enjoy that very much. Yeah. So the fact that we now have these beautiful new maps is is wonderful to me, and the fact that Dublin has been given the look around treatment is also yay. Um, it's also Edinburgh and London, I think. So that's great. Mm-hmm. So bragging what over, I love but about I just maps lied. when you go when you have to go uh, in the, in the before times when you would go somewhere new. Um, I was able to use. Uh, the new maps and one of the things that i love about it is that when you feed it an address it will show you the front of that building and so if you're going somewhere unfamiliar like bart with your appointment you could have seen the front of the building and been like yeah like either i know i'm in the right place or at least i know where to go and i know what to expect when i get there because this is not like my usual part of town so that's one of the things that i really like about the the maps update is that ability because the whole reason i'm using maps is because i'm not 100 percent on where i'm going so (laughs) that makes it really it makes it really nice to actually be able to see what it looks like when i get there okay i'll try it Honestly, Charlotte, it was like it was a dumpster fire. No, no doubt about it. But genuinely, Apple have put so much 
And it, it it hasn't there hasn't been like a moment. It's just been incremental, incremental, incremental. But yeah. it is a genuinely polished product now. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it another go. I Tell you what, about you, I'll watch Ted Lasso and you have a go at Apple Maps. How's Deal. <laughs> Speak to you, uh, and I'll come back on the show and we can discuss our experiences. How about Excellent. That? Um, Apple Pay Express has come to the Japanese payment system called Pasmo, which is basically a way of paying for getting around, uh, which is kind of, impo- well, it's less important now, but anyway, it's good. Uh, Apple Care Plus got a whole bunch of TLC around the world. Um, you can now accidentally damage things twice every year instead of just once, which is nice. People in the UK and in Germany can now pay for their Apple Care Plus in monthly payments. And Apple, Pair, Apple Care Plus is coming to Scandinavia for the first time. So it's now available to the Norwegians, the Finns and the Danes. Uh, Apple's shareholders basically forced them to publish a document outlining their policies on human rights. I was kind of expecting it to be very specific, but it's actually very hand-waving, airy-fairy. But at the same <laughs> time, they have sort of had to nail their principles to the mast rather than their policies. But so it's, I still thought it was an interesting read. I don't know if anyone else took the time to read it. No. No. I have not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Okay. Uh, it's up there, though, if people want to have a read. I, I think it sort of fascinated me because of the shenanigans where they're being forced to do things in China and stuff. It, it, it's interesting to see yeah. their explanation. If you're thinking of buying a new Honda, a whole bunch of their 2021 models will come with CarPlay built in as standard instead of as a paid extra, which is nice. And uh, Apple are very much ending their partnership with Barclays and very much doubling down on the Apple card. So they're using Apple cards to offer all sorts of uh, payment plans and stuff that these use Barclays Uh for. So if you'd like a shiny new Apple Watch, you can now get it in monthly installments on your Apple card. Is this why I couldn't add a Barclays debit card to my Apple wallet? It shouldn't be, no. Interesting. No, this is very much... um, Intriguing. Because that should just work in this day and age. You would think, wouldn't you, Bart? Yeah. It's been so long since a card hasn't worked for me in Apple Pay. Um, Again, you would think. I would think, yeah. Interesting. And final quick story, another one of those sort of, oh, check the temperature in hell moments. Uh, The Swift programming language is now available for Windows 10. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, that's actually kind of a a big deal, though, because Swift was the kind of thing where you needed a Mac to play along with Swift. And now you actually can write stuff in Swift as a Windows person. So it's really good for the future of the language that it's not only in Apple's ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, it is all open source and stuff. So I, I'm really happy to see this, to be honest. Jolly good. Well, that brings us to the end of a month's worth of Apple news. And what a month it's been. Thank you ever so much to the panel for giving so freely of your valuable time for to digest all this with us. Um, let's go in reverse order, if I can remember my first order. Always a challenge. Um Charlotte, do you want to remind the listeners where they can uh, hear and read more of your work? Uh, yeah, so I'm at themacobserver.com every day. Uh, sometimes Kelly lets me on her show as well, which is the Daily Observations podcast. Uh, and if you want to check out my book on fake news, that is, it's called Not Buying It and it's available on Amazon. It is. And you also pop up from time to time on TMO's background mode and have a fun argument. 
Yes, John and I sometimes do our Statler and Wardle fact. And uh, I really enjoy those. I, I genuinely enjoy those, I have to say. It's really good fun because there's about... Actually, I won't disclose how many years there is between John and I, and it's good fun to discuss TV with that length of time between us. It's good fun. But that's what makes it so valuable as the two very, very different perspectives on life I, I really enjoy it anyway <laughs> kelly your your plug i guess rather largely overlaps with charlotte's but you know let the listeners know what you get up to at t- with your tmo and other hats Ooh, have we lost it any? wouldn't let me unmute no ah. it just i was clicking unmute but not with sincerity apparently oh. so uh, yeah, uh, apparently I'm the joke-telling bear to Charlotte and John Statler and Waldorf <laughs> the Mac Observer. This um, is really going to escalate. Excellent. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so uh, I I host the Mac Observer Daily Observations podcast uh, weekday mornings Pacific. On uh, And you can find that over at MacObserver.com. The rest of the time, I am an occasional panelist over at The Incomparable, where I have my own show called Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, where I talk about Westworld with my friend Don Melton. And you can also occasionally find uh, Mike Rose of the unofficial Apple weblog and myself uh, continuing to do the show that we used to do when there was still two awe. And it is called the after show with Mike and Kelly. And you can find that at aftershowpodcast.com. And since I apparently don't have enough to say, you can find me on Twitter as Verso. Excellent. And finally, Nick, where can the listeners find more of your wisdom? Um, you can look on Twitter if you like, but I, as I never post anything on there. You're probably not going to see anything. Well, how could they come up with you then? They can, they can message you. <laughs> I am on there, though, and I do, you know, I, I think I have posted once. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find me. I'm Spligosh, anyway. S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And we should also and say... Hear... Carry on. Go on. <laughs> I was just going to say you can hear me in uh, the, uh, a partner podcast. Yes, uh, with Simon and Jim most weeks uh, over at Essential Apple. Indeed, which is a fellow member of the MyMac Podcasting Network, which is where this show is found. Uh, speaking of this show, there are detailed, or there will be when you hear this, detailed show notes uh, over at lets-talk.ie. It's basically all of the links that have informed my thinking during uh, about this month's Apple News. While you're there, there's a section in the sidebar called Support the Show. Uh, that's a way for you to support the show. Uh, I want to give a big thank you to everyone who does support the show in any way, be that financially or simply by spreading word of the show, you know, telling your friends about it, uh, tweeting about it, posting about it on Facebook, reviewing it in the various podcatchers. All of that is extremely valuable and extremely appreciated. And then there's the more practical stuff. Um, if you probably the most important thing to keep me ticking over is the Patreon link because Patreon provides an efficient way to provide small dollar contributions to podcasts. And I publish two shows a month, one Apple, one photography. So if you would like to send five dollars my way, pledge two fifty per episode. You get the idea. At the end of every month, I, I hope to be in a situation where I can take the Patreon money and use it to pay the bills. That's where I want to achieve. There's also a PayPal link, which is an efficient way of giving a one-off donation, which I use for things like new hardware and software. Uh, In the last photography show, I mentioned that thanks to our viral friend, things weren't really balancing out in terms of Patreon. 
I just want to say you guys rock because as soon as I published that episode, I started getting emails from Patreon saying bloody blah has just updated their pledge. So thank you. You guys <laughs> genuinely rock. I also got some extremely generous PayPal uh, supports. Um, so thank you extremely much to everyone who heard my whining last time and responded with amazing generosity. So thank you very, very much. As I say, you'll find it all at letstashtalk.ie. I've been your host, Bart Bouchots. You can find me at bartb.ie. And until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. This is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, drives them, and of course, just what makes them tick. That, plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network 